would you go from a poor country to a you know slightly wealthier country and so on and so forth you're always trying to mm. to upgrade yeah new zealand's up here yeah right we're up here yeah um it's important for us to remember that from time to time I right think yeah, so. we're highly desirable we place forget to about live. yeah, yeah. We forget about that. Yeah. Welcome to Checks and Balances, brought to you by Partners Life. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And today we've got an extra special guest, Jared Kerr, Chief Economist at Kiwi Bank, to talk us through the markets and what's happening in the economy. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So i got to tell you something. And my main job in life is to try and embarrass Mike. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. <laughs> so, so Mike is fangirling a little bit. Uh, so in a previous life, he was an economist. And uh, so he's come to me multiple times after attending your presentations and tells me about how good they are. And then for the next month or so afterwards, rips everything off the back of it <laughs> and steals every quote that you have. It's, uh, it's one of those that you watch, some, you watch some people speak uh, on these topics, which by and large, can be quite dry for people who aren't interested in them. Um, and you're like, oh, man, you're not doing the, the topic, you know, the, econo- the economists any favors here. But I think most of the, like every time I've watched you present, I've been like, you do a really good job of just kind of putting it in terms that your average person can understand and that they can use to try and make decisions off or influence the decisions they're going to make in their life, which I found really useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, nice to hear. Thanks for that. It's, um, I think, you know, when you're talking to a group of people and you, if you talk to them like an economist, they just go blank. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. CPI's done this, GDP's <laughs> done that. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, I don't even know what they yeah, stand yeah, yeah. for. You know, yeah. speak plainly, you know, it's inflation, it's 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 growth, it's whatever. And people respond a lot more, I think, when you try and just cut all the jargon and the yeah. crap that economists talk about. I mean, I can't believe you're an economist as well. No, I've, I've never been an economist. <laughs> economist I studied economics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. studied yeah. economics. I studied yeah. economics. Oh, you know, yeah. You've, you've really overshot that, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so today, so Jared's in a lot of presentations. I've got a little bit of pack with a lot of information mm. in it uh, where we're just going to talk about really about what you'll see going forward, how you're feeling about New Zealand because – it's been a tough couple of years, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've gone through extraordinary times. Yeah. Um, for me, 2008 was my crisis, right? I thought, this is it. This is, you know, as bad as it's ever going to get. And then, you know, we've had a few things since then, but the pandemic, you know, was incredible. Mm. Um, I speak to the Kiwi Bank board probably twice a year in normal times. During the pandemic, I was talking to them every morning. That's mm. how bad things wow. got. And we had like the proper war room set up yeah. and, you know, how many defaults are we going to face? You know, what's the unemployment rate going to be? Asking all these questions. No one knew the answer, mm. obviously, because mm. we had no history. The only history we had when, you know, people put their borders up is during war or, you know, back in the 20s. Mm. So we didn't know. Um, and central banks did everything they could. So they slashed. Uh, interest rates they pumped trillions of dollars into their economies yeah and we're like we came out of it much better than we thought and now we've got this you know massive inflation problem Mm. so we've gone through some extraordinary times and like you say the last couple of years is kind of mopping up yeah that excess demand uh, and trying to get inflation back down again which is proving to be a real challenge yeah Yeah. and and i know hindsight's 2020 but do you think that perhaps there was too much stimulus and rate cutting? And did you think that at the time? Uh, or was that more just, uh, again, the hindsight thing? I think at 
at the start of the pandemic and the initial reaction from both the governments and central banks, we were all on the yeah. same page yeah. going, yeah, now we need to do something pretty drastic. And um, the wage subsidies really worked. Rate cuts obviously worked. Um, but then towards the end, we did start asking questions. You know, maybe we are going too far. Yeah. Um, our central bank was flirting with the idea of a negative cash rate, yeah. and we pushed back against that quite, quite hard. Um, so yes, we definitely did too much, um, and you know, the problem now is that we've got very high interest rates to try and mop all that up. Mm. It's funny you bring up the negative cash rates thing because I remember banks at wild. the time going like. Our system isn't built yeah. for a, a negative. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how the hell are no. we going to do that? Yeah. It's like, it was like a Y2K problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've never had a negative interest rate. Yeah. Well, actually, they became um, quite common. Mm. And $20 trillion of uh, superannuation funds and people's money were, were invested in negative interest rate products. So, believe it or not, in a, in a really bad environment, you put your money okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay minus one. I'm going to receive minus mm. 1% on that. Yeah. I would prefer that than being in equities and potentially mm. losing 20% or, yeah. or anywhere else. So money actually funneled into negative rates. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that goes against the theory. Mm -hmm. The theory is a negative interest rate, people rip, rip their money out, out and do something else. Mm. Actually, it turned out to be the safest option for many people. I mean, you think about the mindset at the time, right? And you mentioned... Um, just all of the unknowns. Uh, you touched a little bit on, you talked about the GFC and then um, mentioned COVID and you thought the GFC would be the, the biggest crisis the that one. you, you yeah. go through. Yeah. When you, I mean, obviously very different crisis, but if you compare them in terms of the, I guess the size and the impact, how would yeah. you measure what we've recently gone through versus the GFC? Well, the GFC was much worse, but a lot slower. Yeah, it was really slow. Like it started in 2007. Everyone says 2008 because that's when things really started uh, blowing up. But it took it actually took quite a long time to, to unfold um, and it lasted a lot longer. And then we had, you know, like 10 years of regulation pretty much after it yeah. to make sure it never happened again. Mm -hmm. um, the pandemic was, you know, overnight we were locking up um, borders and, you know, restricting uh, the economies that way. So it's a lot faster and harder. And we bounced out of it, you know, so much better than anyone thought. It was just, a, it was a really short, sharp um, event compared to 08. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the, and obviously we'll get into it in more detail as we go. How are you feeling about, maybe we'll start with New Zealand with, you know, we're sitting in February, 2024. How are you feeling about New Zealand at the moment? Oh, look better than I was a year ago. Um, you know, th thinking about the sort of the end of of two thousand and sort of twenty two, you know, things things were turning and you could feel it, um, and businesses were telling us couldn't find workers yep. and you know, all this problem. Uh, now they're they are more worried about their their future. They are a bit more worried about the outlook, and that's mm -hmm. because it is quite quite mixed and challenging um, at the moment. But I'm a bit more optimistic mm. uh, i'm optimistic because the housing market's gone through its its downturn house prices look like they're going to go up this year which is that's massive for a yeah. kiwi economy just in itself mm. and, and that feels and a mortgage <laughs> broker. yeah that's right um but also small businesses right yeah yeah that's quite important for their confidence and and so on so 
I think, you know, we're going to get better growth this year and, and next year. Um, and I think the Reserve Bank will end up being in a position where they can start cutting rates mm. back to more normal levels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and what do you think the, in, in terms of how the year plays out, whether good or bad or meets expectations or doesn't, what do you yeah. think the key themes will be for the year that will dictate the outcome? Inflation. Yeah. It is. You know, that's the big shock that we've had. Uh, central banks globally are, are kind of desperately doing what they can do to get inflation back down towards 2%. Yep. I think they're winning that battle, which is important. Still a long way to go, but they're, they're winning that that war. Mm. Um, and once they can sort of put their stake in the ground and say, we have won the war, inflation's back below 3 then I think equity markets and asset markets will become a lot more confident given interest rates have peaked and, and will start falling. Yeah. And that's key. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely key. Inflation, tick, interest rates, lower, higher growth, higher um, you know, output yeah. In, yeah. into next year. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that we're always hearing from the government is a lot of um, talk around immigration into the country and the effects yeah. that that has on yeah. the economy as a whole. How do you think that's going to play out this year for the country? And does that have an impact on those inflation numbers as well? It does. It does. Uh, short answer is we we don't know. Yeah. Um, and the reason is modelling migration flows is very difficult. Yeah. We've had a good crack at it. When New Zealand looks better, you know, economically and 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 than other countries, we do attract more people. But we've had a massive flow of 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 Asian. Um, migrants over you know recent years and, and decade and I don't see that changing like yeah. people are coming from India coming from China uh, Philippines a lot of other countries and they're coming here for a better life mm. so migration flows around the world you go from a poor country to a you know slightly wealthier country and so on and so forth you're always trying to mm. to upgrade yeah New Zealand's up here yeah right we're up here yeah um, it's important for us to remember that from time to time, I think right? So. Yeah, we're highly desirable. We place forget to about, yeah. yeah. We forget about that. Yeah. Um, and it's not just not just migrants; it's tourism as well. Yeah. Right. Our brand has improved over COVID internationally. People look at the New Zealand experience. Gee, that would have been a good place to have been relative yeah. to, to my other, one bedroom flat areas. in London that's about as big as this table. Yeah. 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 Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, we, we've we've imported I think it's two hundred and fifty thousand uh, migrants in the last year. We lost about seventy, and then we lost a few Kiwis. Uh, the net migration flow is one hundred and thirty thousand. That is a massive mm. number for us. And what about when it comes to uh, the type of people coming to New Zealand? Do you have any data on? Like, obviously, we talk about nurses, we talk about teachers filling the right roles to help New Zealand grow and become more prosperous. Yeah. Do you have any data on who's coming to New Zealand? Yeah, we do. A lot of trades. Yeah. Uh, a lot That's of good. A lot of mm. people coming in and filling uh, those jobs that we, we couldn't fill a year and a half ago. Um, most migrants are aged between 20 and 40 or 20 and 30. Yeah. We, we're getting quite a young group coming in. They're high participants, mm. right? When you're at that age, you come here, you want a job. So the... Um, pressure on wages has actually come off quite a lot. So from employers' perspectives, right? Because yeah. nobody could – you talk to um, a mortgage broker, a plumber, a lawyer, 
a builder. It doesn't matter. The the theme for the last couple of years has, has been around trying to attract talent yeah. as well, right? So that's yeah. really important. Yeah, and yeah. that that has changed yeah. a lot. Yeah, because um, one of the things I've been wondering is volumes great, but we need you know the right people here as well. But you're saying that the right people are coming. Yeah, mm. yeah, and we're starting to see it in the labor market data. Mm. We're hearing it from our clients. Yeah, you know they're telling us. Yeah, you know, we're back open. Mm. Um, one client we've got in Queenstown uh, owns, you know, five pubs. Mm. Right, he was operating three. Mm. Yeah, just couldn't like, what, get the staff. What's with the other two? Couldn't get the staff. Mm. Had the had the tourists. Yeah, couldn't get the staff. Now he's back to operating all five. Yeah, yeah. I think one um, of the the localized problems, especially in Queenstown, though, which I think maybe links into the um uh the the uh kind of the property side of the immigration flow and the demand is. They just can't find anywhere to house the staff down there. Yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely killed it. Yeah, Yeah, it's a real problem. Mm. Um, Every time we talk about housing, we focus on demand and we talk about interest rates. It's it's not where we need to be. We need to be talking about supply. Mm. Yeah, The issue with Queenstown, simply not enough supply. Mm. Issue with Auckland, no matter where you look, we've got a a chronic shortage Mm. of housing in this country and it's embarrassing. Yeah. Mm. Um, the reason is because we haven't spent money on infrastructure, yeah. but we haven't made land available, basically. Um, and we, we just don't seem to be able to, to build at scale like you see in places like Australia. Mm-hmm. When they really want to ramp things up, they do. Yeah. And they actually had an oversupply mm-hmm. of housing uh, over there. And, and why, like, is our ability not to build houses a lot to do with just, you know, we're a small island nation in the scale or, you know, what is the, why are we not building enough houses? Yeah, that's the best excuse that you, that you often <laughs> like hear. Yeah. 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 I think it is an excuse. Mm. Um, and, you know, we don't have the scale. We, that sort of, and a lot of it's true. Um, when you look at how we build houses here, it's, it's you know, it's it's a group of, of three builders yeah. getting together and, and away they go. You know, you don't, you don't have those big mm. sort of organisations uh, that you get in, in like your Leightons and that in Australia. Yeah. Mm. We need more of that here, larger scale. Uh, I was talking to a few builders. I was at a conference about, you know, the future of building and, you know, it's all prefab and this sort of stuff. I'm like, why don't, why don't you set up a prefab? You know, he said, in order to do that, I'd need to turn over a thousand houses a year to justify yeah. the expense. Yeah, he yeah. said, "I'm a big builder in New Zealand, and I'm building 300 a year. Yeah, and I'm big. I'm considered mm. big. Yeah, I'm like, well, Kangaroo has to be the one who mm. does this. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And I think they will. Yeah, they'll break the ground, but it's just taking taking too long. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking to a um a developer um a couple of weeks ago, and he's doing I think 500 houses a year, mm. and he was saying, you know echoes the same sentiments but a big thing for him was he's like we just need to privatize the consent process yeah because there's such a bottleneck of the consents that and it has such a flow on effect for everything else they do and it was a really interesting discussion actually because there's positives and negatives you know to uh you know privatizing stuff or leaving it public and he was just like that is a huge bottleneck in our business Mm. so james before we continue i have got a special announcement have you started sticking to your budget absolutely not you finally made it as an after hours dj Mm, i wish the thing is we have got a brand new podcast partner partners life you mean the award-winning insurance provider with over 300,000 Kiwis insured? Yep, they're also a New Zealand-operated company and they are passionate about increasing financial literacy amongst Kiwis. Sounds like a great match. Where can I learn more about them? Check out their website in our show notes below. 
really thought DJ Magic Mike was going to be a global sensation for a second. So what, what do you think is going to happen to rents this year? Oh, they're going to keep going up. We've already seen rents start to accelerate, unfortunately. Yeah. And that just shows us, you know, go back to your economics course, increase in, in demand from your migrants. Yeah. Not enough supply. What does that do? Mm. Price. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, rents are running at over 4%. Yeah. Prior to COVID, they were running, I think, a little bit below 3%. So mm. they've definitely ramped higher yeah. in response to this migration boom. Yeah. And when it comes to housing prices, so... Building consents not looking in great shape at the moment. Is that right? Mm, yeah. So we've gone through a couple of years of of correction. And the housing market obviously ran ahead of itself. Uh, you know, we saw forty five percent gain in house prices in eighteen months. You know, sh- show me, mm. <laughs> show me a few other yeah. asset classes that do that. And then we've gone through a bit of a correction. Right. I think we dropped about seventeen percent. Uh, things are, are stabilizing now, and the the outlook is is of course prices start to 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 pick up again yeah during that it's hard for builders to get out there hard for big developers to to want to do stuff when prices are falling Mm. yeah they've been beaten up for the last couple of years right and you know there's a lag off the back of it but then i'm just thinking if we've got the migration numbers a lack of houses getting built um lack of uh supply of you know rentals and then you think Inflation starts coming down, interest rates start coming down, Kiwi confidence and property comes off the back of it. Yeah. Is there potentially quite a bit of risk of property it's a prices recipe for another run? Yeah, moving moving too too quick. Um, I think it'll be I think it'll take time, this this particular uh, recovery. But you've also got a central bank sitting in the background going, We don't want that mm. to happen. Mm. We're gonna make sure that we don't get another forty five percent gain in house prices in five minutes. Um, so they've brought in debt to income. Uh, it's in the consultation phase. Yep. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, LVR restrictions, that sort of macro uh, prudential policy uh, is is there. The guardrails are in place. Yeah. Banks aren't going to do that sort of that lending again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What, what are your thoughts on debt to income ratios? Oh, I think, I think from the Reserve Bank's point of view, it's another toy and it's another... It's another set of rules that will limit excesses in in leverage and in, in the credit creation. You know, you create money as banks effectively, yeah. and they just want to make sure that we're not over leveraging uh, people in in uh, in high risk uh, sort of investments. Mm, uh, yeah. Making cut lowering the risk is, I think, the key for for, yeah. the, for the bank. Yep. Um, and obviously, the, the more debt you have to your income or the, the higher the loan is uh, in comparison to the value of the property, that's all, it's all, risk, yeah. all, all added risk, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. they're just trying to trying to keep a lid on that, um, which means that you won't see as much of a house price spiral, but you won't. The downside has also been limited. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I guess one of the other things that we often hear about at the moment from our customers and the questions they have is around, we've got a new government, they're saying we've got too much spending, you know, we've got to focus on the debt, cut the spending. Where do you see the New Zealand government debt and spending at the moment? Are we in a good position, a bad position? Could we be in a better position? And what's your sort of forecast or what are you thinking over the next kind of two to three years? Or Yeah, the- I think... What the what the new government's trying to do is is admirable, right? Mm. I I do think we really need to focus on 
spending yeah. and, and, you know, spending well uh, rather than, you know, throwing money away, which mm. which we're seeing. Um, There's that noise recently about the $500,000 speed bumps in Auckland. That's just incredible. Like, how do you get to that point? Uh, the where... economic cost of a speed bump drives me insane. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. No, no, you're right. A lot of that needs to be stamped out. And yeah. I, and I'm kind of hoping that we do see a lot of that that go that that mismanagement that poor poor spending. Mm. Um, the thing that I that I do like reminding people is that we've actually got a very low level of debt. Yeah. At the sovereign, the government level, which is which is quite interesting, right? Because the the narrative that you hear in terms of responsible spending and just look how much debt we've got, so it's yeah. it's a interesting view. Yeah, it, well, when we were really banging the table back in two thousand and eighteen, we were saying, you know, now now is the time, and and that time just got better and better and better as interest rates fell. Mm-hmm. Now interest rates are high again. It's still a good time. Because a lot of things that we want to get done, you know, the longer you postpone it, the worse things get, and the more expensive mm. it is to get things to get things done. Um, we have amongst the the highest quality government debt in the world. You know, we're triple A rated uh, under Moody's, double A plus under S and P. That's really high. Like, there's only ten countries in that group. And you're mixing it with, you know, Luxembourg and Singapore and yeah. places you can't find on a map. Mm, nice company. Um, yeah. yeah, very nice company. <laughs> uh, so we're, we've got a very good starting position that we could expand the government's uh, debt by quite a lot if we if we wanted to. Mm. There is an argument because we're shaky aisles and we might get an earthquake, we might get, you know, we need to have a significant buffer. We've got a massive buffer. Mm. Yeah. We really have. And for those, I mean, I also hear sometimes around the, you know, who's going to be paying off all of this debt mm. and you're saying we're in a position to take more debt. Yeah. Do we ever pay this this government debt off at some point or how do we, you know, what what does that look like as the, you know, if we are, if you do think we should take on more debt? Well, in, in term, it's all about percentage of GDP, mm. right? So if you look at um, some of the multipliers of government investment like if you did really good quality government investment let's say we fixed all the the, the railway uh, issues in Auckland yeah right away well the multiplier of that is actually quite large in New Zealand's example so you spend a dollar and you're getting like two dollars seventy worth of, of output on the mm. back of it this is treasury numbers mm. yeah right that's massive yeah and it's embarrassing yeah the reason it's so big is because we've underinvested mm. for decades mm. but let's say we fixed the railway you know the huge impact that that would have on Auckland's economy would mm. be would be great, right? Um, so you would end up with a larger economy relative to your your debt. Yeah. Your debt would always keep increasing yeah. under this scenario, but your economy is growing by more. So your tax take, your ability to service that debt mm. and pay it off That's in the future is yeah. greater. Yeah, mm. yep. and we we need that mindset. Yeah, and we need to say we're not going to try and do all this in one election cycle three yeah. years because it's not going to happen yeah. you, you need your your 20 year 30 year horizons yeah yeah opposed to chopping and changing when it, you go from blue to red mm. yep and yeah. having it funded is the key yeah right we've got one of the strongest balance sheets in the world we have an amazing ability to to issue debt at relatively low rates 
and for long periods of time. There is an appetite from ACC, other insurers, to buy long-term debt. Yeah. They need it. Yeah. They need that rate. Mm. Um, so we could easily issue, you know, 30, 50-year bonds. So how do you go about, you know, changing plans every three years to having that kind of long-term, potentially independent view of, you know, Investing and making sure we're working to a long-term Jeff. plan. Communism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very long-term thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too yeah. Long. yeah. 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 But, but you suggesting some sort of like a way to do that would be like some sort of independence on, on how this money is invested? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's key. I think the government's talking about that now. And when um, you look at other then, countries around the world, are there examples of where that's been successful? Yeah, in Australia. Australia is very good at this. Yeah. Um, they started their super fund a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, they've got, I think, the fourth or fifth largest super fund in the world. Mm. Australia is this big, mm. less than 2% of the global economy, one of the largest sovereign uh, uh, wealth funds, massive. Um, we just need to copy yeah. what they're doing. It hurts me to say that, but yeah. it's it's true. And you get these infrastructure funds set up and you know that they don't get banged around by election cycles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting seeing um, we were in Adelaide uh, a couple of weeks ago and seeing the debate over there about the politicians putting pressure on the Reserve Bank to cut interest rates now and do it quite quickly. And thank God the Reserve Bank over there said, no thanks, mate, stuff off, Uh, which is was really interesting because, you know, they're always meant to be kept separate. So you don't get this changing back and forth of policy and the influence and how they would impact the economy. but. Really interesting seeing the Australian politicians just directly going at them like, we're coming for you, you need to do this, yeah. basically to buy votes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. So so we, we sort of figured out in the 80s that that wasn't good. You know, yeah. Governments yeah. just yeah. slashing interest rates in the lead up to elections yeah. and that sort of stuff. You've got to, they've got to be independent and they've got to be focused on inflation. Um, and, you know, they, they will be fierce in their independence because it's, it's critical, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of coming back to interest rates, um, been a lot of chat about like soft landings, hard landings. What is for those who don't know, what is a soft landing? Soft landing would be, you know, New Zealand's had a bit of a recession. Um, I certainly wouldn't call it a bad one because yeah. unemployment's still really low. So what we're going through kind of feels like a soft landing. We are slowing down. The economy's contracting a little bit. We'll hopefully come out the other side with unemployment around five, five and a half, not 3.2, but it's certainly not where we're putting lots of money aside for defaults. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's an exponential relationship with unemployment rate and bank defaults. From three to five, we're, we're okay, we're cool. From five to six, seven, things start picking up. You get up into the eights and into the double digits, that's when you see the real yeah. pickup. So we don't want that. Mm. That. That's a hard landing. Yep. When you know a soft landing would be getting to five, five and a half. Mm. Hard landings basically, you know, you come off without without a helmet and a mouth guard. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hard landing. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's around that uh, unemployment rate and then the knock on effect in the economy. Basically, You're right. yeah. Bang on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the um, I mean, so last week there was a little bit of news around. Uh, potentially, you know, a lot of people think we were at the top with interest rates. I think it was the ANZ chief economist saying yeah. that mm. maybe there's one or two interest hikes to go and yeah. then a little bit of back and forth about whether that is the case or not the case. Well, yeah. what, are you, what are your thoughts? Are we are we at the top? Do we have a, a jump or two to go? We, we, we 
think that we're at the top or that we've seen the peak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ANZ, uh, you know, you, you have to listen to what they're saying. They're mm. making some good points. Um, the Reserve Bank is very hawkish. Yeah. Um, they're very aggressive and they, they want to make sure that they've broken that inflation beast. Mm. Uh, and they don't think they've done that. Mm. So, you know, we looked at the inflation report as saying, well, look, the headline rate's gone where it needs to go. The core measures are, uh, are looking good. Oh, yeah, the domestic inflation, mm. probably a little higher than what we thought it would be. Whereas the Reserve Bank's just gone, domestic inflation, that's our problem. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so we haven't won the war, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so that's there it. is a chance that there's another couple of hikes. Yeah. And that's that distinction between inflation that we import versus the inflation yes. that we control in New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Very interesting, yeah. Jared. So we're going to do this as a two-part series. Essentially, Jared's told us about all the things that he thinks is um, happening in the world, happening in New Zealand. Uh, we're going to do the next one on what Jared thinks uh, he would do. So make sure to uh, follow us for that episode. Jared, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure, thank you. And thank you to Partners Life for sponsoring us. Please make sure to review, like, subscribe, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers.